0: Hey, Chris. Boy, why do you recommend God of War for PS4? Boy,
1: I was telling you about this.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but no, really, I uh, it took me a little while to convince you to to, to pick it up, right?
0: It, was, it did, it did, it did, it did.
1: And I think we kind of had, we had sort of different experiences with the game, too.
0: We did, uh, we did, we did. <laughs>
1: but I think we both, I, I, I really like it. Um, now, so... I am somebody who I almost feel like I'm like the I was the target audience for this game, in that I played the first two God of Wars, I played like the PSP, uh, like one that took place in between the main story or whatever before something. It was it somewhere was, in there. It, you, you were Kratos and you slashed people up, um, and then I started God of War three, and it was just like. I felt like the series had, like, there was no meaning to it anymore. The violence was just over the top and ridiculous. And as much as, I, it was like, um, what do you call it? You know, remember Spec Ops, the line? Oh! Remember how yeah. the, the, the creator, like, they were saying they actually wanted you to stop playing the game. Like, that's how you won the game, essentially, <laughs> was you just stop.
0: Well, I and mean, then, that's one way you can view it, and, and
1: that's kind of how I felt about <laughs> about God of War Three, was that the only way I could win was to just to stop, stop playing, well, stop playing it, um, and so that's where I was left, and so now, so so what pulled me in a lot was the narrative and other things, where okay, I get Kratos, um, but it's this more introspective Kratos who's. Maybe sorry for the things that he's done, the things that I didn't want to do, that I feel bad that I felt bad about as a gamer doing them. Now Kratos feels bad about them. And so it really this one sort of it hooked me more with with the narrative. Also, I love Norse mythology. It's like my second favorite mythology. So <laughs> Sorry. I'm... So that was kinda of, that was kind of what hooked me in. Uh, so for, but for me it was more of a it was more of the of the narrative experience, um, playing through the game, and I enjoyed the combat. I, I also think I had a different approach to the combat than you did. Yes, I think uh, where, very much so. Where I was, I was kept on saying I treated it like a shooter with a heavy melee focus, and not like an action game. So you so recommend it, it? I recommended it. I thought it was a, I thought it was it was a just a really great example of video game storytelling and, and having an actual point and message and all of that uh, that goes beyond just like, hey, it's fun to grab a harpy and rip its wings off and then stomp it into the ground.
0: Um, well, for me, that's the funny thing, because for me, everything I saw in the marketing, and I would blame the marketing, honestly, for my disinterest. Because the marketing, and I understand they wanted to be as quote-unquote spoiler-free as possible. But everything I liked about this game was not in the marketing. The, the early parts... The, the, the enjoyable aspect of the early parts I liked were when you were kind of wandering the environment finding stuff. Yeah. Which at the same time gave me that, you know, dissonance. Because your, your son's sitting there like, hey, let's go do this thing. And I'm like, boy, I'm <laughs> finding treasure. <laughs> Leave father alone. He's got to get achievements unlocked.
1: Boy, I have to hit this axe with my rune. Or this rune with my, my axe.
0: Nice <laughs> <laughs> girl there. How, 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 how strong is that wine you got there? <laughs> but, no, the, um... Like, that's, like, the first place where God of War started to actually grab me. And noticing that, oh, they actually understand cinematography somewhat in some of the early cutscenes. Now... Start to finish, I wasn't so big on the story, but we'll discuss some of that later.
1: I feel Ooh, this is this is a game where, where from a story perspective, it's just spoilers all the way down. There's it really is, there's is, no way is, to talk about the themes or anything else about this game
0: without some way spoiling it. This is true. Um, I will say they do a, they do a number of things that are actually pretty good, but broad strokes. The story's overhyped. Press are making way too big a deal of, out of it. But I mean, it's it's, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, and so. I think
1: where I see the story, I think that there's a there's a major issue in the game from a storytelling perspective of uh, it's basically a string of fetch quests from start to finish. Yes, with each fetch quest, You're trying
0: to do a different character arc or part sort of, of the character. Sort of, arc.
1: but right. But essentially, that's what it feels like. we're okay, it seems like a really simple idea. Kratos is bringing his wife's ashes to scatter them off the highest peak. Uh, and, and I actually appreciate that. And that's start to finish. That and that is that. But then what? But what it seems like is oh okay. Well, our path is blocked. Well, now we need to go here and get this thing to unblock the path. Okay, well, now we need this thing to get through this gate, so we need to go here and talk to this guy, and do this thing for that guy to talk to this guy... And that's where,
0: for me, it's like, okay, so we're a video game? And again, I'll give them credit, because during each of these phases, there is something different going on between Kratos and Boy, also named Atreus, his son. Boy! So, um... They, they, they do a decent job with that, even if I feel like a lot of times it's kind of forced. It does feel a bit... It's like good TV writing, I guess you could say, which in some ways is its own insult. Like, that's a bad ha- backhanded compliment if I ever know one.
1: Yeah, we're right, right. Like, it's sort it's, sort it's of, good TV writing, like, ooh. It's sort of episodic where you have... Right, this is a 13-episode HBO show, uh, and in each episode, Kratos and Boy... Solve a problem, or complete a small mission of some sort, and then finally, in episodes 12 and 13, you get to the real rub. Get to the real like conclusion, kind of a deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but for me, again, going back early on, I wasn't like super impressed. What really grabbed me first was again that finding finding element, which they're linear environments. It's not really open world. It does have a hub that's sort of open itself. It's like think Hyrule Field from Zelda, but fancier. Like it is the it is the AAA next gen equivalent of where Hyrule Field goes after Twilight Princess is the best way I can put it. Because that hub area is the most open aspect. Then everything is linear environments mm, with yeah. a sort of wraparound design. Um. So. That's the best way I can describe that, but that's also like I mean, I have two separate videos digging really deep into the Metroid games on my YouTube channel. Clearly this is the kind of thing I eat up. So going into environments, finding all this different stuff, and then some of the optional content really opened up the combat for me. That's where I started to enjoy it, even if I find it flawed greatly. So for me, what God of War what makes God of War recommendable though? is I feel like there's bound to be something someone will like. It is not going... Like, you're not going to play it and be like, Man, this game is awful. Like, right. sometimes there's elements of taste. You might not think it's the greatest thing. You might think it's a 7 out of 10, I guess. I don't know. You might think it's a C- it's a B or C grade. But you'll have a good enough time of, of
1: it. So... It's right. Like, you, you might... If you're somebody... Who you're? You might be into the story, the cinematography, all of that. You turn the difficulty down to easy,
0: which I know a number of people did. Yeah,
1: which honestly, my my personal perspective. I've played on easy, normal, and then I forget which of the hard difficulties I started a a playthrough, and I played about two hours in. And honestly, easy feels right to me. Kratos feels appropriately powered to me on easy. On normal, I felt like every now and then, the just the various mooks that you run into, like the wolves or something like that, were just a hair too powerful when you're dealing with, like, this guy killed Zeus, but, like, some random Midgard wolves are giving him a hard time.
0: Well, he's going soft, man. He's got
1: a beer belly. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, that's just what an actual strong person looks that, like. That's
0: interesting to say, though, because... I played it on normal all the way through. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we had different impressions of the combat. And why you were, you
1: found such, such success playing it like a quote-unquote shooter. Well, I played I played mixed, though. Like, well, I played okay, on normal mixed. for a while. I, I, if I got hung up on something, I'd turn it down to easy, and then I'd turn it back to normal. See, I never and, did that. Which didn't yes.
0: allow me to find things about the combat I did really enjoy. Eventually, yeah. it gets deep, just not at the start.
1: Which... And that was actually, that was where I had the most trouble, was at the start, by the time you're you're three quarters of the way through the game, you have more abilities, the combat, there's a lot more options in the combat than like dodge, axe, axe, dodge, dodge, axe, axe.
0: Yes, and I guess actually one of the things that I should comment on is, like even with the axe, some of the abilities I found myself starting to really use more often, actually the shield, it's the shield that, One of my favorite abilities by partway through the game was being able to time your parry to catch a projectile and throw it back. And, that's and you have to unlock that after a while.
1: And that's something, when I played it on the harder difficulty, I found myself using the shield a lot more and learning the timings of the parry and things like that, because otherwise yeah. it was impossible. You'd get overwhelmed. And...
0: Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're not doing dodge roll as much in this game. Like, you're still doing yeah, dodge roll. But it's like, okay, certain attacks you dodge roll, other attacks you bring that shield up. And I think that's one of the things, if you're coming out away from other, like, Platinum-style action games, there's a block button here that's going to be useful and you're going to want to use it. Yeah. Um, so now, though, let's, let's get ahead into um, spoilers. So, I know it's pretty quickly, but I think it's clear we both recommend the game. Uh, God of War PlayStation 4. If you can find, it, you'll, if you want to find it on sale, then I'm sure PlayStation will have it during the ho- yeah. Thanksgiving holidays. Um, you'll be able to find it at Walmart on Black Friday or something, Amazon. So you'll you'll be able to find it on sale. But otherwise, I mean, it was a game. I, I, like they say it's like 20 hours. I must have played like 40 or so because I played a lot, doing a lot of the extra content. It is a enjoyable game.
1: So, uh, yeah, spoilers. Absolutely. I, I, great, great game. Spoiler time.
0: Spoiler time. So, if, if that's all you want to do, you know, la-la-la, you just... Oh, 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 just be specific, though. We're going to do most spoilers, but there's a couple endgame reveals we're going to save for the end of the discussion regarding the narrative. So,
1: basically, if you want to go into the game totally fresh, don't listen to this part. But if you've been watching videos on YouTube, you know... You know, you know some of the surprises that the game has, but you don't know the big twists. You can maybe keep on listening. I wouldn't say
0: twists, but definitely reveals.
1: Reveals, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, then stop listening. Have a good night. Well, if you don't want to know all that stuff, if you but don't want if to know. You, if
0: you're fine with everything else except for the last parts, you can keep listening for now. Um, and we'll let you know when we're going to hit those big, big things. So, all right. The first time I really started to enjoy combat, I think, was when I got the Blades of Chaos, which the interesting thing about the Blades of Chaos is, and this is where it kind of ties into narrative, Mm -hmm. God of War, one of the first things that I was saying about this game is why not a brand new IP? And this is the interesting conundrum about God of War. I only played, I think, the very first fight In the very first God of War. The ship, you go through the ship and you fight the Hydra. And you fight the Hydra, yeah. That's the first thing I ever did. And I did not really like the feel of the mechanics all that much. So I never really played much of the game. I'd rather play like Ninja Gaiden or something. Um, So never did much with God of War. Fast forward, I mean... It's just the pretentious aspect of me that looks at this and is like, you know, just make a new IP. You don't have to completely transform or make it so it's God of War, but new gods. So you don't have to do Kratos. You can do someone new.
1: Maybe we could have played this tier.
0: this, Maybe, but at the same time, the way they do this story wouldn't work as well if it wasn't a known character. Because right. doing the big reveal of, I haven't always been a good person, or, like, I have a dark past. Like, it works better when you know Kratos's past. Because they don't have to give you exposition. They don't have to explain anything. Everyone knows what Kratos used to be. He used to be an
1: right.
0: overindulgent, gory hack-and-slash where he would let people, innocent people die. And this story, at the same time... Doesn't try and necessarily guilt you over that. It's like, that's who I used to be. Boy, you can be better. And you're seeing him try and raise boy to be better. But they don't... What I was afraid of going in was they were going to... Beat you over the head with daddy guilt. Like, oh, I was such an awful person. And it's... No, he's technically... He hasn't shed that aspect of himself completely yet. Right. The fact that he doesn't care about doing favors for other people, that he just wants to go to the mountain.
1: Like Well and, and that was sort of sort of the I think, you know, part of the whole idea was his wife was was trying to teach him a lesson. She knew how hard this was going to end up being, and so part of this whole thing was was for his sake. Yes. Um was for, for Kratos to develop beyond this sort of like, I solve all my problems by destroying them. And caring, <laughs> caring, my about, caring about other people. And they, yeah. they even acknowledge, like
0: I think Atreus at one point says, like, you've never really looked at me or something like that before. Yeah. He says something along those lines. Yeah, basically, something... their relationship was catalyzed by the, the mom dying. By his new right. wife dying. And... That, yeah, I mean, it's basically this quest is is an intentional one to basically make Kratos reach out, be the dad that he needs to be for Atreus. Yeah. And going back, though, it's like, th- th- again, I'm f- because I'm familiar enough with games, I'm familiar enough with Kratos' background that I get what they're trying to do. It doesn't impact me as much. And that's why, you know... When, because you when, didn't,
1: like, kill Hercules. You didn't tear Helios' head off. Nope. And, and all that other stuff, so...
0: Nope. But at the same time, if they did this with a brand new character and tried to eke out details and then do an expos big, deep exposition flashback, it, it wouldn't work as well. It will not work as well as it does. It does work well because it's a known character. Yeah. So I have to kind of give it that. Where, yes, pretentious, speaking aside, it should have been a new IP, but at the same time, the story is able to work as well as it does because it's not a new IP. Unfortunately, because I don't have that attachment to the old games, for me, the advantage of the Blades of Chaos, when and they make a big deal of it. Like, if you never all played right. the old games, you're like they, they got this solemn moment, and it's like, I didn't know they were, like, grafted onto his arm or something. Yeah. I had no idea about any <laughs> right. of this you stuff. Know, uh, so, I, I, mean, I, I got enough hints, like, the very first, one of the very first shots of the game is, he's, like, doing the bandages. Yeah, the bandages. He's he's the bandages. Got, yeah. So, y- okay, but for me, it's like, oh, now I can do better uh, crowd control, or at least I thought, but the problem is not all enemies are good against the Blades of Chaos, you can't use it against all enemies very effectively. Yeah. It's
1: mostly for but
0: nonetheless. You essentially
1: Yeah, it opens up. It opens up your combat options. Yes. Where but yeah.
0: One of my favorite things to do with the Blades of Chaos was they don't have the range of the act, which is a downside, and it's kind of tough. Look, I know the 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 indicator Mm -hmm. updates when you have when when an enemy is in range, but so when you're in the heat of battle, sometimes you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna launch the chain and I'm gonna hold the button, so I make them explode." And I loved that ability; it was one of my favorite abilities. Yeah. It's not very practical against the Valkyrie. It, it really yeah. isn't. That's the down. Like the, the most practical weapon for the Valkyrie is the axe, which is a shame because I really liked using the Blades of Chaos. But the game does a good job of encouraging you once you get the blades to switch up.
1: Yeah, you, you experiment a lot. So like, um, and that's I think that's really where the where that where it, the combat took off for me is you get all of these options where so for example you know the axe freezes an enemy when you leave it in the enemy so you can most enemies not all not, not most enemies but not all but so for example in a crowd you can hit somebody with an axe freeze them use the blades. To, th- to thin the herd, work other people pull the axe back, free somebody else, get the blades, yeah, and sort of you work, you work a crowd like that. And then the axe is, you know, Thor's hammer basically. So you position yourself, you can pull the axe back through multiple enemies, doing damage. And whereas no. earlier in the game, the axe it was like it was like a liability when you didn't have it because you're. Damage is so nerfed. Well, what you got to rely on then with your fists is the stun game. you write right, the stun, and then use which the... is a, which is to its own benefit
0: and advantage. But it's better if you can use it as actually, you know. Sorry, I'm like interrupting myself. I'm I, clearly I'm excited about discussing this game. <laughs> um, no one one of the. Cause eventually the fists felt like they were less useful, but in some situations more useful. It yeah. really depended on um, if you use it in tandem with your with boy, because his arrows do increase stun. Right. So you use him, you use your fists, and if you have an enemy backed against the wall, they'll take extra stun. So you could get an enemy down half health, but then you could just tear them in half. Right. And it ends up especially early on, being a more efficient method of dealing with enemies. The problem is, for me, the game kind of has an issue of knowing how to have these enemies, like the, the camera is really close, over the shoulder, and the enemies are always surrounding you, so you have to constantly keep moving, but early on you're not doing a lot of damage. And your abilities aren't very good for crowd control. So the crowds are comparatively small at the start of the game, but you're still getting used to the system and your abilities are so lacking that that's where I'm sitting there like, man, I don't see it in this combat system. I'd rather be playing Hellblade. And it took until far later in the game where it's like, okay, I'm going to use this area of yeah. effectability, then I'm going to like, just hack at these guys, I'm going to do this, and, I'm going to do this. Because like, you have the options available, and you're experienced enough, you know how to deal with
1: And it. that's where my own use of the easy difficulty probably... Coming back on the hard difficulty, I can see a lot of that where... Now, understanding the mechanics better, where, where the game... So there's, a, there's a diff, definitely a difficulty curve in the beginning where you're still learning the system, you don't have the variety of abilities that you will get later that are going to enable you to deal with these situations more fluidly. Um, so right, so you have to, there's very specific strategies that, and types of things that work, where at each point you're using everything in your arsenal. So right, so okay, I'm hitting this guy with the axe, I'm stunning this guy with my fist, I'm calling, a, telling Atreus to, to lay down cover fire for me, essentially. And I'm not even sure what Atreus is shooting, but I'm just <laughs> mashing the button until he's out of ammo because I'm surrounded, and I'm calling the axe back. And
0: I pretty much always used the electric arrow. Like, the other yeah. arrow was useful for a little while, but once you got the electric arrow, yeah, yeah, I, and especially true. the ability to chain the lightning, it was like, I why use the other arrow? Yeah. I barely... It's a shame because his birds are really useful. Like, I, I had the
1: ability to summon, like, ravens or something. Yeah, I, I kept that.
0: forgetting he had that ability.
1: That was awesome. That was another one I definitely underutilized, that. I'm guessing if I'd made it further, if i played longer on the hard difficulty, I would have needed... Because essentially, on hard, it felt like you just needed... You couldn't get away with just axe combos... On enemies, you needed to use everything in your arsenal. You needed to be stunning enemies, uh, um, you know, using both leaving the axe, pulling the axe back, shooting the arrows, calling a trace, using the runic abilities, like everything you've got. You needed every encounter.
0: And that's an interesting thing to discuss too, because part of part of my mixed feelings on this game of the RPG mechanics in that you don't level up really your quote-unquote level is tied to your equipment. So you're getting new gear, you can upgrade the new gear. There's a lot more gear than you'll ever really need. Um, but it's it, like in some ways it does give something to
1: chase towards. Well, I feel like it's it's all about especially on the on the normal difficulty, it's all about sort of finding the way that you like to play. So, um, so, and, and optimizing that, and that's where I feel you, you did have a lot of gear options, and I'll admit, I, am a, I'm a big defender of this game, um, not that it needs that much defending, uh, but there are, that's definitely a weak point, is where there's almost too much variety and too many options where, the, I feel like the equipment could have felt a little bit tighter. Well, also... Where you feel like, am I wasting... you got upgrade equipment. Am I wasting my resources, resources yeah. upgrading this equipment, when I'm just going to get something out of a chest that's better than this armor that I bought and upgraded, and now that's wasted, or do I save that? And then that's what I've, kind of part of where I ended up, is at the end of the game I kept on saving, 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 and then I have all this, like... Extra materials for upgrading and whatnot that I never used because I was always afraid I was going to run out of materials and have better armor that I'd want to upgrade. One of the issues
0: I also ran into was thinking that a lot of the newer equipment was worse than my current equipment until eventually I realized, oh wait, no, I got to actually manually do the math comparing without the like enchantment slots because that's part of the like the, the the menu when you're looking at your equipment, the menu. When you press that R3 button, it shows you the individual stats of each of your enchantments to a maximum of three. But the problem is, there's nothing in the equipment comparison that lets you know, okay, what do these two pieces of armor look like without those enchantments? So, theoretically, if you want, you can like, okay, here's a piece of armor that's better in runic, or that's better in defensive vitality, or that's better in this, and you can give it enchantments that do that. I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna do that. That's way too much. And honestly, yeah. most of the combat situations don't call for that big of a difference.
1: On um, normal difficulty.
0: I guess on normal difficulty. I mean But like, does, does Runic does runic in some way increase your resistance to um, the, the the stinking uh revenants or something like that? Like most well, of what you're fighting are the same kind of enemies. Unless you have like here's my ice armor and here's my but even then it's like you gotta sacrifice something.
1: Yeah, well so... I mean I guess part of it is, is depending on where you're going, right? So if you're if you're going to Helheim, then you're going to want you're gonna you know you're going to be using the blades of chaos more.
0: So you're gonna want stuff and, that helps DLS. And, and you're for the gonna want and you're gonna
1: want resistance to ice. Um, if you're going to moosefulheim you're going to want well. well that's was mostly bit,
0: fire; it might have been mostly fire, but it's kind of
1: broad. It's a little bit broader, but you're right. But depending on, and yeah, I, again, I think that this also ties in for me something that. So this is a game with a lot of sort of end post game end game. It doesn't
0: have to be end game content, but. Do you have it available for Endgame?
1: Right, because the, when the game ends, you then basically go back into the world, and you can you can do whatever you want, uh, yeah. find any any quest you didn't side quest you didn't finish, anything else, and there's just a ton of it. Um, there's two whole realms that you might not visit in your in the course of the normal in the course game, of the yeah. normal and Niflheim. And Niflheim. That have their their own sort of challenge quests that you can do through the through there. Um, there is a whole subplot where you're hunting down corrupted Valkyries. And that is that is
0: the best part of the game for me.
1: And but and so it is sort of like so if you're like me and you're in it for the story, sometimes it's kind of hard to to get back into it because you're like. Well, what am I going to get if I if I do this, this side quest and hunt down the mall? Oh, well, I'm going to get some kind of armor upgrade. Oh, boy, what am I going to use this armor upgrade for? Well, and that's, that's that's the thing, too, because
0: for me, after a while, the story quests were really easy. Like, every enemy was green health bar. Never really much of a threat. Even the, the, the final encounter yeah. you have, even the final encounter, he wasn't really doing that much damage to me.
1: I was. Yeah. I never felt at this. The risk. first encounter was way more difficult than the final encounter,
0: especially if you're doing them side quests. Because
1: I was what? Like yeah. I was like three
0: quarters to. I was like level seven, three quarters of the way to level eight in my gear. What were you at?
1: <sighs> or did you never pay attention to that number? I think I was six or
0: seven. So not too far behind me then, maybe. Yeah. But, but like I did, I didn't do all of uh, Niflheim. I did do half, I guess you could say, of Muspelheim. Enough to get to the Valkyrie at the top. Um, which, sorry if that is, like, super spoiler for people. I don't know.
1: I, I feel I, like that's not even... Because that's than, optional uh, content, so yeah, that's I don't the know. And that's, um, there's, just, there's two different games here, right? There's this really tight narrative, story-driven game. Spectacle game. Right.
0: Um, and that's part of the problem. Like the main and boss there's...
1: fights are all spectacle fights that are half quick time event. There's not a lot. There's well, I mean, okay. The main boss fights, you got the dragon. You've got okay, so oh wait, you...
0: Thor's sons. Thor's sons. Thor's sons. They're 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 probably the best of the main story fights. That's true. Yeah. That. But that was. A... But the best fights in the game are the Valkyrie. There, where you really, especially you have to with the axe. You have to learn your opponent's uh, tells. You have to learn when to throw that axe. You have to learn when to keep it. it those are the best fights in the game.
1: And I died totally so many 100% times. Totally 100 optional. Totally
0: 100 optional.
1: And it's just—it was just kind of crazy to me when I think about that. Here is, like you said, this is some of the best. This may be the best yeah. content in the game in terms of fighting and using the combat system. And it's totally one Against bosses, at
0: least. And Muspelheim boss. is interesting as well, because it gives you, like, conditionals for winning a fight. Like, one of the earlier ones that gave me heck that I had to go back to was you have to defeat all of the enemies before any of them respawn. Like, they all have to be dead at the same time. And you get, like, one weak guy, one jerk with a shield, and then one of the thicker guys has got, like, two health bars so you have to somehow manage killing all of these guys at the same time and that's the first wave there's two other waves like that (laughs) so and i think the third wave was a giant ogre and a revenant which is like oh no that's just not fair (laughs) um so you you have this you have these like really interesting challenges that make you think further into the combat and then Niflheim is like its own mini game, because it's got a sort of procedural dungeon crawl where you have to co- If you want to upgrade your equipment, you've got to collect echoes. And if you want to get into the center chamber and unlock the chests, you got to connect, collect uh, mist echoes, or what, what is what they're called. And if you want to seal all the things, if you effectively want to complete Niflheim center chamber and upgrade your gear to max, you have to keep going into the mists. Opening these chests that are procedurally re, 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 regenerated, re mod like put into right. different places, and you can only survive the mist for so long. But that's part of where you get Evaldi's armor set. You upgrade his armor set. You get enchantments to last in the mist longer. So, but, and,
1: and it's a it's a gamble because the longer you're in the mist, the more echoes you're going to be able to get. But as soon as you die, you, you lose, lose all, all the, the echoes. echoes.
0: And they have a Valkyrie in there, too. But once you once you kill the Valkyrie, your tolerance to the mist refills. So they at least do that.
1: Okay, so you don't kill the Valkyrie and then an open, die on yeah way back yeah, yeah. or something.
0: And opening a chest does give you an extra boost of that tolerance to mist. So by finding more treasures faster, you're able to last longer. And it's it becomes this own game, this own sort of mini objective feedback. I need to keep getting better equipment, right. better gear. I need to keep getting more mysticos so I could open more things in the center chamber. And it it was a blast. I really had fun doing it.
1: And And probably most this is the people best would... stuff of the game. And, and and right, and you needed but you had to find the four The rune. four language
0: ciphers, yeah. Yeah, the
1: four ciphers to unlock it. And then again, it's totally optional, so it's sort of like you have all this great stuff that probably you know half the reviewers that were giving it nine out of ten reviews probably more than half of them didn't even touch possibly possibly possibly, you know half this stuff and uh, and that's the stuff that again for me it's like
0: if I I might actually love this game my first reaction was I like it but I don't love it there's too much again but now that I think that stuff might be why I might be I might love this game <laughs> I might actually love this game and not realize it like it's possible I love this game <laughs> so and if I do it's because this optional content and again wandering around the world and finding all this stuff like even if the combat's not the best combat I've played in a game man it's got stuff in there that makes the game yeah pretty top tier so
1: so yeah so, this goes back to what we were saying before is that there's something for everyone where where we had, Chris and I had a sort of a totally different approach to this game, right? Where I, I really just wanted the story, I thought the story was interesting. I, you know, I have I have three sons that I call <laughs> boy now, boy. And then they say, stop calling me boy. <laughs> and I say, shut up, boy. Uh, I don't actually say that. Silence, boy. Yeah. Um, you will speak when spoken And so spoken there's, you're right, there's aspects of the stories that, that specifically resonate to me that I wouldn't, exp- like... And I've, I've sort of seen some commentary, like, like I don't care about any of this stuff. Anyway, so there's, there's aspects of that, and I was really in it for the story. Um, the story didn't resonate as heavily with Chris, but a lot of the side quest stuff that I skipped, or I just sort of dipped my toes into and then said, okay, like I, I approached one of the Valkyries, and I was like, I don't feel like dying right now. Uh, and then I watched the Valkyrie <laughs> fights on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, those are really cool."
0: I should show you. I, I should save the the one with the Valkyrie Queen, which, by the way, get all the ciphers, read all the the the, the braziers, light all the braziers, because then you get an item that reduces damage from the Valkyrie by five percent. That'll be very useful for the Queen. And I think Evaldi's armor. Has regenerative health abilities. That's also very useful too, though. Not as much as it would be nice for it to be. Um, but, again, best fights of the game. Even yeah. if I fought that Valkyrie Queen, like... Maybe a dozen times before I finally beat her. <laughs> like, it, it was a lot. I died a lot. So... And there are some times where it's like, Oh, I only got a third of her health and I'm already dead. I'm not going to use the Resurrection Stone. Yeah, oh
1: yeah. Like, yeah. that.
0: That's where... It's like, okay... When do I use the Resurrection Stone? Not when she's only down to a third health, because I've got a lot more i got to do. <laughs> so it, it, uh, it, it really forces you to get um, acquainted with the mechanics and get to understand what's going on in the combat. And again, to actually observe the tells of the enemy. And it helps that it's a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the Valkyrie's flying all over the place... Like I guess even some of the dark elves would be fine if they were a one-on-one if they actually stood still for a little bit. Um, I hated the dark elves. I'll just say that right now. Every enemy in this game is passable or fine, except the dark elves can just—they're awful.
1: Yeah, I didn't—I didn't didn't have such a strong reaction to the dark dark elves, but uh,
0: they barely flinch. They fly all over the place. I hate
1: them.
0: I'm sorry. They can they, they move way too quick in and out of your range of attack. Like every other enemy is honestly fine for the most part. Even the dang re, uh, revenants. You can dodge and well, deal the with revenants. Them
1: the revenants too. Those were ones where the trick was just to shoot them with have a tray and shoot them, and then now charge in and bash them for a little while. And, then, and right, and then get out and then move around a lot. But so but 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 so basically, what what, what we have here is like I'm saying we have two games. We have a, a tight. Linear narrative, um, with triple A production qualities. Yes. Quadruple A production qualities. I mean, this is really, um, in terms of like you were saying, cinematography and everything else. Like, I'm playing, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now. I'm finishing that up. I started that before. Um,
0: and Oh, it just, be
1: soft. Everything, like that's that's supposed to be a triple A game, I guess
0: but well again look at um let's consider assassin's creed design of will design one mission and then just place it all over the place right and then consider i'm talking about the valkyrie each valkyrie for the most part is a unique fight the queen manages to take elements of all of them which is part of what makes her such a pain because now you've got so many tells you're used to but you can't always differentiate which one's going to be which attack um Right. But, so you, um, but Muspelheim, lots of unique content there. Niflheim, unique content. Like all, so much of the side content is unique. It's.
1: But, but anyway, so yeah. was saying? Like when you look at when you look at a, at a game like God of War, and then you look at something, and you look at the, the the cinematics and all that other stuff. It really is. It's it's a cut above what what we think of as, as AAA gaming. In terms of just the, the production, this whole thing, I actually really love the whole, uh, what was it, like the single camera. I
0: think that more just shows people's standards even when it comes to AAA. Because for me, like, God of War doesn't feel quadruple-A. It feels AAA. It just feels like where AAA ought to be. that's That might be true. And Ubisoft is rarely ever there. Like, that's... <laughs> That's
1: where it is for me. I'm gonna <laughs> so so for me. You know, this is high praise. I'm gonna put God of War in a class with The Witcher Three. Oh, that is high praise for you. or this is this is a game that is doing things. It's it it should be it should be aspirational. When I see other games sh- ripping off The Witcher, that's what they should be doing. That should that's the game you should be trying to rip off. And I think this is the God of War is This is one it, of the next
0: games to rip off.
1: Right. This is this is like well yeah, exactly. Um and and with that said, I think we should we should talk about there's not much more to say well, about the structure. I think there is
0: one last thing I wanted to touch on because you were really big on trying to sell me on the spectacle. The scale and okay. And the funny thing is okay. Tell me one of the first things that you that impressed you.
1: So your first encounter with the world serpent, Jörmungandr. Yeah, the world serpent. The world serpent. It was called the world serpent. Um, Where the the combination of the movement and the distance, the sense of scale as he gets close. When you realize how big he is. Right. Exactly. You realize how how big this thing actually is that you are now interacting with uh See, i find it funny you say interacting with
0: not the choice of words i would
1: use oh I mean, your character is interacting with on the screen and then when when you're when you finish your first conversation with him and he's just like chilling in the background
0: i like him chilling in the background he just looks like he's just like yeah what's up like surveying his domain is what it looks like right um and it's funny, too, because he always sounds really angry when he speaks to you, but I don't think he is. Because you, you need uh, the character's name is Mimir, which... Mimir, yeah. I thought I was going to get annoyed by a head just bouncing around on Kratos' belt, but I actually like the character. Yeah,
1: me too, yeah. He's um,
0: I hope he sticks around for the sequels. Um, but... Mimir talks to... And, dude... When Mimir talks to him, I could only think of Finding Nemo with Dory trying to talk to the whales. <laughs> but, regardless, um, it is handled more seriously than that, but is kind of similar. Um, but, regardless, my issue with the World Serpent is, oh, they're limiting my camera movements. I can only look at certain locations oh they're only rendering directly what's in front of me everything else is texture popping and other junk like that so right. I'm able to see behind the curtain and no longer be impressed by the scale because they're only like but that's, they're only rendering part of the world serpent
1: but that's that's the whole and nothing be- else that's the whole beauty of it right like it's like it you're that's that's when you're when you're building something you're i feel like there's always there's there's a there's a beauty in limitation right <laughs> where we did
0: a good job with what they had
1: right um and obviously the playstation 4 is not you know a brand new pc with the latest like you know whatever i i, I don't follow pcs anymore Uh, But you know, with like a 4 gigahertz 26 core, you know, whatever, with the the NVIDIA. You know where I felt. 10,000 XZ. You know where I
0: felt really good design with the sense of scale was when you first reach the area where you are effectively doing a level completely built around a giant corpse.
1: Okay, now that was.
0: That was creative, that was inventive. Because they made sure you knew, oh, this is a really giant fingernail I'm looking at
1: right now. So- and it was, it was the, also like the hand in your face, and then realizing that it's attached to the body in the distance. Yes. And
0: that was really good. That was the first time the scale really worked on me, as you promised it would. Because then like what? when it came to the fights, like the boss fights... Again, uh, they yeah, work in, yeah. like, two dragons you fight, and it's like, you know what?
1: Play the the final dragon boss in Dragon's yeah, Dog, man. I, I, I'll Come give on. you that, the, the dragons. But in specific skits... So, where, where that part of that came up with was specifically in comparison to the Destiny 2 War mine boss. Um, Which is just awful anyway. Which is awful, and I've done that strike, like, 20 times now. At least 10 times now. And, uh... You just... Right. You... It's also a giant serpent-worm thing, and going straight from having played God of War to playing Destiny 2, the scale of this hive-worm god just really fell flat to me. Especially because it's just a big bullet sponge that relies on ads. Right. That, too. Um... Anyway. Um... There are some scenes, and particularly some spoiler scenes, that do make really good use of scale. And maybe we'll use that as a seg to... Uh, to the talk final, final spoilers? Final, final, like, big, mega spoilers. You really don't want to hear these unless you've already played the game, or you're not planning on playing the game. You just want to hear everything about it.
0: You know, because the, the rest of what I wanted to talk about was story anyway, I think, so... And even if you know you're open to certain spoilers or you already figured some stuff out, well, yeah, final final spoilers part. So, if you're really dead set on not knowing anything, this is where you cut out. Cut out. So for those remaining,
1: all right. So the ending. I'm pausing here in case you're like fumbling for your pause
0: button.
1: <laughs> uh, the mountains of speaking of the scale, the mountains of dead giants. And how that all moves in the landscape and you could see how it was all intertwined. The giant corpses with the mountains and everything else. Like, you are look- you feel like you're looking out at a mountain range in the distance.
0: Oh, see, uh, I thought you were going to bring up how Freya brings the dead giant corpse back to... Okay, the- that was cool, too. Except most of it was QuickTime
1: event! yeah. Okay, Wait, half but of it. Wasn't, well, not even half But of it's bit, not but. even... It wasn't true quick time events. See, I got through this whole game thinking there wasn't a... There weren't true quick, quick okay, time Okay, the
0: events. game stops until, you, until it tells you... By the way, you can hit the Spartan Rage button now. Yeah. Uh, Which I, is I, the worst part, because it'll go into... But it's it, not... Okay... It's, It'll go. It'd be, it'll be a cutscene where they're pu- where they're punching each other, and you have no input whatsoever. Then the game will pause, and it'll be like, "Oh, by the way, you can punch now." And it's like, "Oh, oh, thanks for like now letting me know it's not a cutscene."
1: I didn't really have much 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 of a problem with that, uh, but having well, like
0: you're just more tuned to the worst practices but, of AAA but see, than you, I you,
1: you didn't actually play the original God of War games. So you don't remember <laughs> how much everything was a quick time event. So like, you know how you can... So is that so not like, one of
0: the... Exa- can't that a, be one of the things they're ashamed of and one to now dis- disregarded? But, the,
1: but it is as if... I mean, you talk about were,
0: tearing the wings off of a harpy at the beginning of this. That's exactly what you
1: do to the Valkyries. <laughs> but... And I'm sure that was a little bit of, of homage there. Homage. But like, so is. for example, the ogres. You know how you can mount the ogres and drive them around and smash everybody? Yes. Okay, so like in God of War, that was like a multi-button quick time thing to do that. You get enough damage, you trigger the quick time event. X, circle, L one, spin the stick. Okay, now you're on top of it. And, and you now can it's just steer it and hit the R one or R right. two button. Right. Or every, I mean, every single boss fight in the original God of War was a, you know, uh, a pass fail, perfect sequence quick time event, or you would take heavy damage, and then the boss would get health back. So when when I'm thinking you're... right, so there's... there's an element of quick timiness, where there's a cinematic sequence, and it's expecting a specific action for you in this. It's not the X circle, square, X triangle, left, right, X quick time event of the original God of War series. And it's not so thick with it. It happens, what? Like the dragon fight, the last boss fight,
0: to some yeah. degree,
1: to some degree the Baldur fight. I don't think that makes it better.
0: I think that makes it less bad. But less bad is not better. Uh,
1: but it's almost like an expectation. Like my uh, expectation... it's a bad
0: expectation to have.
1: <laughs> but it it but <laughs> Regardless, let's, let's, Eddie, let's Eddie, move Eddie. on though,
0: because beyond scale as well, because we want to talk about, I, I, I want to talk about some of the character stuff. Yeah. And f- humorously enough, one of the things that I was going to critique, but after seeing your, your your four-year-old tonight have a sudden and surprising uh, little, little bit of a tantrum. Because um, <laughs> one of the things that I was going to say was, okay, so boy finds out he's a god. And immediately, he becomes, he he loses all sense of compassion, he loses all sense of goodness, and he's the biggest little jerk. The worst little jerk ever. And it's like, this is sudden, especially because you were just speaking really kindly to the dwarves not too long ago, like five minutes ago, effectively, and now all of a sudden, he's like, no man, we can do whatever you want, and it's like... Okay, that was sudden. But that is uh,
1: that is kids to some degree. I, well, I that's your
0: four year old. But Trey is right, supposed to be what eight or nine.
1: We're not even four. I, I thought he was like ten or eleven, maybe. I don't ten know. or eleven, maybe. But so we got to
0: see what like once your kids get older if that's actually how they are. Because my niece isn't really
1: like that. She's gonna be thirteen soon. But have you ever told your niece that she's actually a god? <sighs> that I, it's at least it, it at least holds up fairly consistently with to me that a a kid, when given power, will quickly especially when he has such a negative view of of the gods, right? That's the whole I feel like the whole thing leading up to that is the gods are jerks. The gods are terrible. The gods do terrible things to people all the time. But this I'm a god. Here's the thing: I'm a jerk. I'm terrible. I'm going to do terrible things to everybody all the time because that's who I am.
0: This is what I mean, though, when it comes to good TV writing, because that is definitely like everything about that is set up to be resolved as an episode. Right. It doesn't feel like it is written like a novel would write that. Um, where I feel like if you were going to do that character arc better, it would have been after he thought he was left alone in the light for hours. Do you remember when um Kratos went right. into that light and he thought he was following his wife and next thing you know, he's pulled out by Atreus, and Atreus has been there alone by himself. Killing for, dark elves. Yeah, killing dark elves for hours. And you're He's like, man, the dark elves were hard to kill. How is Atreus? How so is he, well, because uh, he, he, he'll never die. Right. He's that kind of a companion. He's more useful than Ellie from The Last of Us. This is true. But he still isn't going to be killed. They want to make sure they don't ever do an Ashley from Resident Evil 4 again. Um, but... Do you end up... Uh,
1: I I mean, I I, I can see where, I can see where there was a, right, it's sort of a sudden, he doesn't have time to think about it, he doesn't have time, there's no time.
0: He's not in a sour mood, or he's not being a brat. He's not getting, he's not showing any signs of getting sick of hearing anybody, until next thing you know, he's passed out because he's sick, you wake him up, and now he knows he's a god, and now he suddenly loses all compassion? With everybody, everything that connected him to his mom is like just... Unreal. Well, I mean, that's...
1: I didn't, I didn't see it as being that drastic, but it was... It was drastic, man. I mean, it, okay, it was it was fairly drastic. Um, and that that, might, I feel like that that might have been a misstep. I don't know if it's... At the very least, it
0: feels like there might have been more they wanted to put in there, but... It's a, it's a little rough. That's, that's, that's the thing with video... Especially... You especially see it in Western video games and their storytelling... You feel like they had more planned, and then they had to chop it up and squash it down for
1: efficiency's sake. And it's possible there's there's sort of a deleted scene somewhere where you see some other interaction. Yeah,
0: because that... it's not that they don't, it's not that they don't put the work into trying to establish it. Because you see, the kid's got a bad temper. Right. You see, he's got these things. But again, like even with a bad temper, it's like, man, it feels like this kid's got the biggest mood swings. And I guess they kid. try and <laughs> wave it away. Okay, he's a kid. That you might be right with that, um, but it still it feels like it just bounces around, man. Like, and uh, I will say also nitpick: uh, you're you're writing this Norse mythology game. And the kid says, "Well, duh." I'm sorry, writer, but your you, your you're, your pay is you docked. just lost your yeah y- your pay you is lost. Your I'm sorry. Bonus. You're, you're
1: no, I don't care about the game reviews. You no. lost. Yeah,
0: no, that is bad writing right there. You can have all the good writing you want with someone like Mimir, but no, that's bad writing right there. You should feel ashamed of yourself.
1: <laughs> well, um, I guess so I mean I think it's also there's there's this sort of there's this instant so Atreus has always felt weak, right? He's been weak, he's been sickly, he has all of these health problems, and you tell him, Well, no, you're not really weak. You're a you're god. god. And the reason that you felt weak is because you didn't know that you were a god. And now you know. And now you have this thing that makes you powerful. I, I mean, again, I'm not saying it, could have been, it couldn't have been, it could have been hell better, You couldn't have had a little bit more of a... You couldn't have maybe added one or two more situations. But now part of the problem with doing that is how many characters are in this game? Actually, not a lot. There's very few where I feel like in a traditional RPG setting, you could have done something like uh, a couple interactions with townspeople. Somebody, you know, somebody drives by and kicks menorah on him, or something like that. Yeah, but at He's the same like, time, at the same
0: time, the kid doesn't shut
1: up. That's true. He doesn't <laughs> shut up. You're just, you just forget. Even when Kratos carry-
0: keeps telling him to
1: shut up, he
0: doesn't shut
1: up. But I mean, in terms of what you got Kratos, boy. Mimir, Limir, Dwarves. dwarves. Uh, and he interacts with everyone. Freya. Freya, Baldur.
0: And uh, Thor sons. Thors.
1: So you basically have nine speaking characters in the game. Uh, and you know
0: what? Again, like if I'm going to talk... If you're, it's funny you talk about scale, because one of the things, again, that I love about the game story, Kratos' journey is the same thing throughout the whole thing. It's about what interferes with it and what's going to... Like this is a prelude to set up the next game in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but you're—they do a really good job of setting up Balder, Thor's sons. Uh, I guess give motivation for what's going to come in the next game, but at the same time, actually, that's the, yeah, you're going to have two parents on uh, on your
1: trail. Right, you—you're you you're right. You have committed, you have killed three sons by the end of the game. Um, and have enraged two, at least two parents. Yep. Possibly a grandfather.
0: Yeah. So, but the the, the the scale feels... Like, they didn't have to go big with this game. And I appreciate that. The game still feels epic in a lot of ways. I mean, you have to free three dragons.
1: Or you and don't have to, but you, you can. You can. And you, you, you know, you, like, battle a giant's corpse and not like Andre the <laughs> Giant like a mountain tall Godzilla sized giant giant um, things like that but ultimately right it's, it's a really it's a it's, it's a really small story it's Kratos and his son fulfill his wife's last request in scattering her ashes from the highest peak in all the realms which is at your nine. Right. Which and is the realm of giants. It was the realm of giants. Now this is where things get interesting. So Odin and Thor have been trying to get into the realm of giants, right? Yes. They have they cannot get there. We get the impression that Thor wants to kill all the giants. But all the giants are already dead. So what happened? Why are the giants dead?
0: Don't know. And that means whatever Tear did to try and defend
1: them didn't work. Did Tear try to defend the Giants? Is Mimir's whole thing? Do we get a Oh, double? by the way,
0: by the way, the irony of Steve saying he loves um, Norse mythology is this wrecks with Norse mythology up all up and down the place.
1: Uh, this is, I mean, so far it's not as bad for Norse mythology as the original God of War was for Greek mythology, <laughs> but yes it's it's not great in terms of accuracy to but it, it's the characters it's it's the setting um but yes yeah there's totally just okay we get, takes the general broad strokes of of these people and the whole one of the key themes is all about how these stories are that the truth is lost in the retelling I suppose so my uh, my thought on that is that the stories that Mimir tells you about Tyr the triptychs you find all around the world about Tyr that they're wrong
0: yeah you were telling me you think it's going to turn out that Odin, and, Odin or at least Odin himself
1: is actually the good guy this is not a as bad of a guy. As, right. I don't think anyone... No one's going to be a good guy by the end of this. Which I'm fine with that. Um, but I think, right, so so the way the game presents it is, as far as the gods are concerned, Freya was good. Odin and Thor are bad. Uh, Baldur was an unfortunate victim of fate who kind of went crazy. And Tyr was probably the only one who is was the benevolent one? Who is the really the benevolent one? The, the really the only good one. Um, I think they're basically what what's going to happen in the messaging. Mimir's messaging of all the stories that you hear. Everything you heard is wrong. Basically, sort of what it, for the the player of God of War that becomes when you hear. Norse mythology in, you know, a 21st century, 20th century, 21st century Western setting. Thor's generally viewed as heroic, Odin is viewed as heroic. Uh, Loki is sort of mischievous, sort of a villain, I mean, especially now we have the Marvel Comics adaptations and the adaptations of the Marvel Comics adaptations. Right, Odin, Thor, Baldur are heroes. Um, fist Fizzfeet features in the comics, not in the movies.
0: I was gonna say he hasn't appeared yet. Um,
1: you know, Loki is a villain. Um well now in this, Loki is your son. Ooh. Ooh. Which honestly, that kind of
0: made me roll my eyes. That was the first thing in this entire game that made me really, really, like, truly the... <laughs> Okay, ever The first thing was when the kid said, Well duh but then it's like oh by the way my mom wanted to name me loki because mom is secretly a giant or
1: was a giant right oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's right let's so, get another. so mom was a giant so the real purpose of this whole of her last request was to lead kratos and atreus to the truth right that the gi- that, that that she was a giant and the giants have all been slaughtered and they've already foreseen this journey they've already it's all been everything that happened has been foreseen what has also been foreseen is Kratos' death.
0: Yes. Which could come true and we could pass off. Like, if that happens in the second game, then the third game would be you play as Atreus. Presumably.
1: But we'll see. We'll see. Or, you know, this isn't the first time Kratos has died, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kratos died before this. Probably five because times.
0: If... He's probably like Goku. Ah, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I specifically remember clawing my way out of hell in one of them, hell with one L. Um, in one Are of them. Are you sure
0: days. not two of it, two times? Because I thought that happened in both God of War two II and three.
1: I never finished. Like III. in
0: God of War two, you climbed Mount Olympus and then you got sent to hell in the beginning of three. No. I could have sworn that's how it went.
1: Oh well, whatever, whatever. Let's let's keep going with just this game. I, I, it's been a Forget while. the other games. Let's keep going with game. We with this. We got to wrap soon. up soon. We got to wrap soon. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I, I feel like it's going. They're gonna subvert the subversion, and I think again, the what we have. So when you look at something like the Marvel Comics versions of these characters, right? That is like a a rewriting of a rewriting. Of a rewriting, uh, and in the, so you think
0: this game is just rewriting the originals or something like
1: that? It's sort of, sort of. It's more in the original stories. There's a lot less of a of a focus on on who's good and who's bad. Yeah, and what's there's there there's a lot more of sort of chaos and cycles and and all of that. I think that's where we're we're gonna get back to. And especially with his whole theme, right? So what was what was Kratos' uh, motivation in the original game? Revenge. Revenge, right? And so now, Kratos isn't the one seeking revenge. Now, well, Revenge is being sought against, against him. Against Kratos and Atreus. Right.
0: The first, you get two, especially if you head home. If you head home, then you get... Um, I headed home through the, the, the Realm of Realms and through there Mimir told Kratos and Atreus that while you guys were in Jotunheim Freya comes as by the way I don't think we mentioned Freya is actually Baldur's mom and she she would have rather died than her son be killed even though he would have killed her and Kratos makes a choice he's like no you're not going to kill Freya I'm going to kill you sorry and Freya right. very angry very upset and to the point that when you're all, uh, Kratos and Atreus are in Jotunheim, and only the dwarves looking after Mimir, Freya comes up and wants to know where her Valkyrie wings are, because evidently she used to be a Valkyrie, and I don't know if you get this unless, because actually, yeah, you beat the Valkyrie queen, and Mimir talks about that, that before the the Valkyrie queen, Freya was the one in charge that led them, but then she, like, removed her wings, and when she split from Odin, kind of a deal. So, Freya is looking for her Valkyrie wings again, which means she's not going to forgive you anytime soon. And it it's also a really great way to be like, you know what, I'm really looking forward to the next one. I want to fight Valkyrie Freya. Yeah. Um, but at the very end, they also have uh, a sort of like in the future, like years from now, after the credits or whatever, sort of twist. And Atreus and Kratos wake up and Thor's outside. And that's it. And then after, no, 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 that's before the credits. After the credits, Atreus wakes up and is like, I had a dream that was, like, in the future of something that would happen. And Kratos is like, oh, it's just a dream boy. So Atreus has a vision because I was wondering why it's, like, years
1: later and Atreus doesn't age at all. It's because it was a dream. It was a dream, yeah. That's that's interesting. See, I missed, I missed that stuff. I guess I should have gone home. Um, well, I intended, yes. I fully intended to do a bunch of stuff. That I started a new game on hard, and then I lost all my old game, and I cried. Because there's only one save file per account these days, which is just the worst decision. Worst decision. Um, but so, so right. So it's going to be interesting to see where they where they go with this. Um, Vengeance,
0: gods killing gods, and killing other people's sons. Like that's one of the things. Is, in this game, at least, it's killing other children. Yeah, that's... Uh... And Atreus even makes the comment, "Is like, is this really what it is? Like, God's killing other gods? God's killing their kids? Like, <laughs> he, he brings that comment up, and it is kind of... It does seem like, is this what you're going to be trying to break? And maybe if you're talking about breaking cycles, if that's going to be the long-term theme they're going with... Then breaking, because I mean, think about it. Kratos is trying to break the cycle with him, and therefore he's trying to break the cycle through his son. He doesn't want his son, he wants his son to be better.
1: But so, now his son has killed a god, and he killed his another son has god. He killed a god, and he,
0: killed another, he killed a few gods. They've all killed a couple gods. But they're not doing it for revenge themselves, they're doing it out of self defense. Well, sort of. Okay, that's not entirely accurate. They're not killing gods for the same reason Kratos was, but now other gods are going for complete revenge against them. And it's more than just a reversal. It's like, are we going to be able to break the cycle? What is Norse mythology but cycles? where history mm-hmm. things repeating. Um, so... We're going to break... Is there, Are we going to try and break that cycle? So... That's my guess for the, what they're going for with the series. We'll see if Cory Barlog continues. By the way, Beat Tomb Raider, cinematics director in the credits for Tomb Raider, is Cory Barlog. The original? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, 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 well the, the the reboot.
1: Well, yeah, that was actually, I, I don't know if I, did, if I mentioned reading about this. His whole idea though, the single camera of God of War, he wanted that for Tomb Raider. And everyone thought he was crazy, <laughs> and so he finally got to do it in God of War, and everyone's like, "Oh, we get it!" Like, <laughs> eh. I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not like it's something that was groundbreaking or something like that, but it adds to the. It sort of adds to the immersion and the of the whole thing. Apart, I it's. it's <laughs> it's something that right. Okay, the part much, where it really much worked. Like... The part where
0: it really worked, and you didn't need to do just the one camera trick for it though, is when you're going back to the witch's hut, and all of a sudden you hear someone blow the horn to talk to the world serpent. That was a cool moment because you're completely disconnected. It's like, oh crap, what's happening? Something else is going on in the world. The game is not just waiting for me. But I mean, you don't need the one camera, like the nonstop camera trick.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it was it was a trick. I think it just, it added, it just added a little, little je ne sais quoi to like, you're in a cutscene and now it's not like the camera cuts and now you're in game camera. It's, now this is also, remember I played Devil May Cry 4, right after God of War, and like Devil May Cry 4 <laughs> is a game where like, you walk into the room, the camera cut cuts, scene. this door is sealed, the camera cuts. This door is sealed. The The camera camera cuts. cuts. These monsters drop in. These monsters drop in. The camera cuts. Now you're back in game camera, and so having that. Oh, you mean now I know when to press the buttons. Right. Unlike God of War. (laughs) (laughs) So so coming out out of God of War, where you have this this really cohesive perspective, uh, it really made me appreciate that a little bit more when you played something like Devil May Cry Four, where like. The camera cuts every five seconds to show you something you didn't need to see.
0: Yeah, um, well, I, I guess, I
1: guess, but
0: uh, you know what? Maybe that's something I'll look back on
1: more fondly later. It's not something that every game should have. It's not works Sort of like I always one of the things I always liked about. I mean, the
0: game it didn't. Of, it didn't not work. Is the best way I can say. It's a, it's sort of. It's not going to be as impressive to me because it's not like. You're actually having to rehearse for a month to get the opening one shot of uh, the movie *Revenant*, yeah. which they rehearsed for a month to get that done right. But at the same time, it's like you know what? It wasn't not it wasn't ineffective either, and I can see why you'd want to experiment with that with a video game.
1: All right. Well, so I, what I was gonna say is, and there are aspects of this game that remind me of, of *Gears of War*. Because one of the things I always said was a, was a pro to me of Gears of War was how tight the narrative, and obviously you didn't use a single camera, but you see everything from Marcus Fenix, Fenix's perspective, the first three games, that is. Essentially, I, I'm trying to remember if there is anything that breaks it, and nothing else. And so I, I like this, I feel like this idea of the one camera... Is an extension of that.
0: They didn't really do the one camera, but I get what you mean.
1: I get what you but mean. But an extension of that same idea, where you have you have one perspective character, you see one clear vision through the whole game. Yeah,
0: you don't see the perspective of the story from anyone else's eyes.
1: And the fact that you do it with basically no camera cuts, except for when you enter the thing, the camera cuts the like blue doors.
0: There's stuff that camera cuts.
1: I mean, there's, there's stuff, but it's. But
0: it's... I get what you mean. Um, but to, let's let's wrap this up though. I mean, uh, we both no, are we already took camera we, cuts. No, we already gave our recommendations. Um, I think that's enough for us to talk. about. we talked we talked this game to death. It's over an hour.
1: Um, yeah, I was thinking we were like on good track. We're gonna end early tonight. No. No.
0: No. 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 YouTube.com/slash/RamblePack64. Facebook.com/slash/RamblePack64 www.theprogmine.com
1: The Progmine, yeah.
0: Uh, I just put a review
1: up, got a review up today. Uh, so. Some good stuff. Uh,
0: play God of War, if you have a PlayStation 4. If you don't, well, I'm sorry.
1: Buy a PlayStation 4. Uh, yeah. Play yeah, God of War, steal one. Borrow yeah, your friends. Don't steal
0: one. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um.
1: But. Kill they, your friend, take their PlayStation 4. Their father will then get revenge on you and kill you. And then their <laughs> from your father, your father. We'll kill boy, him, and then silence. Boy. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.